Okay, we are in Sefer Zoniel, Perek Zion, Bishnas Chado Leval Shetzer. So now, Zoniel, as we see, is divided into 12 prokim. The first six are in sequence, Zoniel navigating through the Babylonian kings, the last kings of the Buchadnezar, Evil Meroda, Balshetzar. And then we see that the empire of Bovel is destroyed literally overnight. They are, you will note, written in the third person because they're happening to Daniel. We attribute the editing of these first six prokin to the Anshei Knesset Hagdola. Now, from here to the end of the 12th parrot, it is Doniel's visions himself that he is describing. As we will see, the first one, Perak Zion, is not in sequence because it goes back to Belshazzar. In other words, we're doing material before Perak Hay and Vav, but it is now written in the first person of Daniel himself describing a series of visions. So we begin with Pasuk Aleph, Bishnas Chado Leval Shetzar, in the first year of Alshetzar's reign, Melech Bavel, Daniel Cholam Chazah, Daniel dreamed a vision several visions. Mechasei Rosha Amishkava, when his head was on his bed, Ka'adayin Choma Chosav Rosh Milin Omar. And when he awoke, he wrote down these visions and translated them by word, or most of them, the major parts he translated. Ona Daniel. So Daniel exclaims for Omar, Chave Chazya Bechaze Imlela. I dreamt this vision at night, and it is interesting that he describes that the vision itself takes place at night, which the Malbin explains that that means that these visions that we get, which deals exclusively with Golos, is going to metaphorize Golos as the dark night of our historic exiles. And so that's why it is presented in Lila. And what I saw in those visions is four uh, winds of heaven was stirring up the great sea. They were the Ruchos of Shamayim, and they are stirring up the sea. In Pasuk Gimel, the Arba Chayon Rebuchin Soka, and out of the sea come Arba Chayon Rebuchin, four immense beasts come up from the sea, and each different from the other. So we have seen before a very common 
metaphor of the four animals. The four exiles are represented as each one a different animal. And from there, we will see that each has, as Daniel says, each one are different than the other. So it is commonly agreed, as we will see, that the four exiles are one, Bavel, two, Paras Madai, three, Yavon, Greece, and four, Roma, Rome. And they are metaphorized, as we're going to see, by different animals. And each one is different from the other. Um, one takes by force, the other by diplomacy, the other rules um, with terror. The fourth one is a very quiet one at times. And so we see that um, each one is different, each one metaphorized by an animal. We've seen that in Yirmiyahu, even in the Torah itself. So continues Daniel. The first one is like a lion. And this lion, it had the wings of eagle. And then I saw the wings were plucked. And it was it was removed from the earth. It stood on earth on its two legs. And it was given a human heart. What Daniel is saying is, of course, the first was a lion. Bavel is always represented by a lion. Fierce, uh, ferocious, imposing of terror. And with wings upon it, the wings indicating a swiftness, as it were, uh, an arrogance. And so now the Navi says he sees it, but then he sees that the wings were plucked, that in the end it loses its strength, it loses its flight, it's removed from the earth, meaning it becomes like just any other human being, as it were, no special strength, stands on its feet like a man and was given a human heart. We see that Babel, after a while, loses both its ferocity as a lion, it loses its battles without a fight, it, and, 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 well, its arrogance, the swiftness of eagles is gone. It's just a plain, um, generic individual. Then continues Daniel, um, Then I see another beast, a second one, a bear, It was placed on one side. The dove, of course, is paras, and we'll explain why but it's standing off to one side. It means that Paras does not initially take over its rule. Remember, it's one year where it is, um, has to wait for Madai and to conquer it. And therefore, it's 
standing, as we say, to the side, waiting for its turn in the sun. And there it has three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, meaning it hasn't swallowed it. For some reason, there are three ribs stuck between its teeth. And what that stands for, say Chazal, is that was the constant changing in its empire. There were these groups that seceded, that rebelled, that they had periodic problems with, that in the end seceded completely from it, and that they hear a voice, Daniel says, arise, kumi achli basar shagya, arise, consume much flesh. So what we know of the Persians is that they were ravenously into food and drink. So they were corpulent, as it were. And that is why, of course, they are metaphorized as a bear. And as we say, there were always secession problems from it. And then a voice says, arise, kumi, eat much flesh. This can be interpreted as in the days of Ahasuerus, where Haman encourages Ahasuerus to, no, don't be timid with these Jews. Consume them. Take them on. And we know that a bear being an omnivore, rather than a carnivore, had to be persuaded to destroy and to use blood because their tactics were more diplomy. And so it had to be encouraged to become more aggressive. So that would be the second uh, thing. Also, the um, inducement to eat flesh could also be... um, against these nations that were in a constant state of war uh, is to be more aggressive. But as we say, they had a very relaxed lifestyle, very corpulent, very given to the pleasures of, as we say, um, dining and whining. And so, continues Daniel in Pei Apostle K. Now I see another, a third beast arising. A namer, best described as a leopard. The logafin arbadi oath is has four bird's wings on its back. Moreover, it had four heads, and it was given dominion. It was given the power. So the third beast is like a leopard, four wings, and it has four heads, is Greece. Greece represents, uh, as personified by Alexander, a conqueror who spread his conquest immediately. Uh, Four birds' wings in all directions. He conquered the, the known world. 
uh, in just the space of 12 years. Four heads, four heads means when he dies suddenly at age 32, his empire is so vast that it had to be split up into four parts. The historians tell us there was Ptolemy, Seleucus, uh, Antigonus, and his brother Philip divided the four empires. So that's what represent the four uh, heads, and it was given dominion. Alexander had ruled over all of them. He was all powerful. Now we get to the fourth beast. Um, so now I witness in my vision, uh, um, so now in the depths of the night, watching visions, I see a fourth beast. This fourth beast is unlike the others. It is the Chila, the Amosni, the Takifa. It is terrifying in its appearance. It's awesome. It is immense strength. This, of course, it refers to Rome, the Roman Empire. It's the Takifa Yesera. It just had an immense strength. It also had the Shonindi Parzella. It had immense iron teeth. And it was... At the same time, it was devouring as it went. It crumbled people and nations before it. It trampled with its feet. And what remained, what remained from it was all the beasts that had preceded it, it exceeded. And in addition, it had the Karnian Esolo. It had 10 Horns, in addition, is a, indeed a terrifying vision. The ten horns represent, say, the Malbin. There were ten rulers of Rome, starting from Julius Caesar until the destruction of the temple under Titus. There were ten. So those are the ten horns before Israel destroyed. And continues Daniel. As I was contemplating, Mishtakel Habesh Bakarnya, I was contemplating the horns, all of a sudden, the Olu Karen Achare, another horn, a small one, Zeira, came from among them. Came from among them. Rashi says that is Titus, the final destroyer of Bayashani. Others have different interpretations. What is that tenth horn? Some say that historically the tenth horn was, the Malbin says, the growth of the Roman Catholic Church, the growth of Catholicism in Rome. Some say that it was, in fact, Islam, Yabarbanel, and uh, even Ezra say it was the growth of Ishmael, of Israel was the tenth horn. And among it, it had as well eyes on that tenth horn, like the eyes of a human. 
and a mouth, a mouth speaking haughty, arrogant words. So that would fit in with the parish of Emperor Titus, as Rashi says. Arrogant and destructive. And that was the tenth horn. Chaza Heves Adi Korsonon Remiz Ba'atik Yomon Yosev. And now I watched as thrones were set up. Now we are coming after the four stages, the four animals and the four exiles, one not over yet, we come to the day of judgment. Says that I watched thrones set up and then the one of the ancient one, the Atik Yomon Yosei, the known of the Atik would be the throne literally of the final judge of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. It is the day of judgment. Some read the Pesach is saying, I saw three thrones set up, or four thrones, be it for each of the Goliaths, and then removed, and instead they have planted the throne of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The and there, sitting upon it, was the ultimate judge. His garment was uh, was as snow. Roshok um, his hair was like wool. His throne, was a fiery flames. a burning fire, wheels of flames. And so a stream, Nahar Dinor Neged Benofek, a stream of him was flowing, fire before him. And again, thousands upon thousands, Elef Alpayim Yishamenu Veribo Rabun, myriads of thousands sit before him, serving him, standing before him. Thus, Dino Yosef Vesifrin Pesicho, the judgment was set and the books was open. And so I see, says Daniel, I saw that after, because of the sound of the haughty words, again, it would be Titus, with the horn spoke of, I watched until the beast was slain. That final beast being Rome was slain, its body destroyed and consigned and consigned to a flame of fire. The rest of those animals, their rule was taken away yet. They were given an extension of life, even though they are stripped of any power for some time. Perhaps it's to bear witness, perhaps until the final judgment of the Mashiach. So, to Daniel, not having the advantage of hindsight, 
as we have of the Mepharshim and the history of what these symbols mean, he is genuinely confused by what he is watching. He is absolutely baffled. And so he must seek the aid of someone to interpret his own visions to him. And we will get to that interpreter, Emir Hashem, tomorrow, 8.45 a.m. Be there. You will not want to miss it. Ad Khan.